Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's Saturday, 1st of May, and today it's only right we start the podcast by paying tribute to the one and only Ayrton Senna, who tragically lost his life 27 years ago today. On the same race weekend at Imola, we also sadly lost Roland Ratzenberger, and of course, both drivers are in our thoughts this weekend. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Ariana Bravo, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Qualifying is done and dusted in Portugal and it is a Mercedes front row lockout with Valtteri Bottas taking pole position only seven thousandths of a second ahead of teammate Lewis Hamilton. The Red Bulls will be lining up on the second row with Max Verstappen ahead of his teammate and a big surprise for us all today when Sebastian Vettel made it through to Q3 for the first time since the 2020 British Grand Prix and he will be starting tomorrow in 10th position. Again, we saw just how unpredictable this season is going to be, with Esteban Ocon making the most of those Alpine improvements and ending P6, whilst Daniel Ricciardo failed to make it out of Q1 and will be lining up P16 tomorrow. And on top of that, we saw George Russell putting in an incredible effort, just missing out on Q3 in P11. I am Ariana Bravo, and today Alex Kalinorkas joins me, Autosports Grand Prix editor, Alex, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Ariana. Yes, um, yeah, an, an interesting qualifying session. I mean, there were shocks left, right and centre. Lots to talk about, lots to analyse. So, um, yeah, yeah, always happy when things like that happen in the world of Formula One. It was an interesting qualifying session. As we were just saying before we jumped on, even during the session, it was pretty difficult to work out where things were going to actually finish and how things were going to line up. 
What did you make of the session overall and some of the shocks that we had? Obviously, we'll delve into things in a bit more detail, but what are your big takeaways from it? Yeah, it just nothing really seemed to go to form in the sense that I still think the Red Bull (laughs) is a faster car, but I think in the colder conditions on the low grip surface, that really works in Mercedes' favour. And I think perhaps when F1 goes to, you know, there's the year progresses and they go to the sort of the summer venues and the heat rises up in Europe and and around the world, hopefully, if you get to those races on the calendar, then I think Red Bull are going to be in a much stronger position to sort of to uh, assuming it plays out as the sort of the, the start of the season did in any case um so yes yeah, so that was the first sort of uh, maybe not big surprise considering what we saw in practice we knew it was going to be very very close but i definitely sort of expected things to be closer uh, then there was max verstappen mm-hmm. in q3 you know he, he he has to catch that stap of oversteer um on, on his first run gets the time deleted if, if that if he just been on the curb he would have been on pole position because the other shock was that yeah. mercedes went to the medium tires and didn't find any time in fact they went slower um, and i just think it, that sort of summed up the session because it was so random and so unpredictable because of the low grip surface because of the wind i, I think that i think a lot of drivers i think sebastian Vettel actually sort of said this you, you didn't know why you, why you were going faster and, and then why sometimes you were going slower <laughs> it's, it's it's just it's just the sort of the the immense combination of the conditions at portimao um, but yeah i think the, the biggest shock of all definitely daniel ricardo out in q1 for mclaren daniel looked beaten up by that as well we will of course delve into that but Sticking with the pole sitter, Valtteri Bottas clinched that pole position. He deprived Lewis of that 100th pole for now. Um, But Lewis was just behind. And we saw, as you just said, that they set their final runs on the mediums, but they didn't actually find any time. Um, Why did they make that decision? I'm assuming they thought that they would find more time. So what was it that then went wrong that actually meant they went slower yeah i think it's a combination of a little bit of, sort of historical data um that that is that is the tire that mercedes used to, to to lock out the front row in 2020 obviously lewis hamilton beat valtteri bottas at uh, that time by taking two warm-up laps uh, in this session they were both using two warm-up laps throughout there was you know bottas wasn't taking any chances yeah. he wasn't gonna uh, let lewis get another sort of upper hand on him as he did uh, in 2020 but yeah they they used the medium tires to get through in q3 as did, uh, as did the Red Bulls, and as I'm sure we'll come to talk about later, uh, Charles Leclerc, they absolutely dominated. I mean, Hamilton's in the 1 minute 17s, 1 minute 17.968, which is the fastest time of qualifying, and, and totally logical for Mercedes to go, right, we got pole with this tyre before, we know, you know, it's, you know maybe just they just felt they had a better tyre preparation process on that rubber because that is ultimately what it all came down to. Valtteri Bottas said that in the press conference. Max Verstappen was uh, was rather more lamenting that that was how it was when he missed out on pole. But um, but yeah, they the times didn't come back. In the end, Bottas's uh, best time and Hamilton's both came on their initial runs on the soft rubber, which I'm sure Mercedes was sort of thinking was going to be a more of a banker lap. And yeah, they didn't find time. But, uh, Bottas was warned that the wind had picked up. Hamilton said he, he didn't notice it was any particularly windier on his second run. But, you know, sometimes it helps you, sometimes it, it hinders you. And, and that, that was the combination of what stopped Mercedes um, going fast with that with that medium rubber. I don't think Hamilton was particularly happy about that. He said in the press conference that, you know, probably they shouldn't have made that decision. So maybe he would have preferred to, to use the softs instead. As you said, the wind and there was something that was just making the drivers really not be able to determine how their performance was going to unfold. And I think that's definitely what happened down the whole pack, not just at the top. But looking at Max Verstappen, as you said, he had that lap time deleted that would have given him pole, but he exceeded track limits. Track limits are coming up again and again, which everyone loves, I know. But tomorrow he'll be lining up behind Valtteri Bottas with Sergio Perez beside him. 
Lewis Hamilton will, of course, be on the front row as well. Do you think that there is a chance that the Red Bulls will try to gain an advantage off the line tomorrow? Or do you think it will be a bit more of a longer a longer game and the strategy will ultimately come more into play? Well, I think they're, they'll probably be on the same strategy. I think they'll start on the mediums, go to the hards, and it'll be a, a one-stopper for, for both teams, assuming there's no sort of safety car chaos or things like that. We did see a lot of overtaking at this race in 2020. I think that was yes, increased because of the, the you know the damp conditions in the early stages and the slower cars getting ahead of the, the Mercedes that didn't fire up their medium tyres. And maybe that's something that they've got to be wary of indeed in, in this year as well. You've got Carlos Sainz Jr., Esteban Ocon, Lando Norris, they're starting on the soft tyres. That that could give them the chance to attack the cars ahead going into Turn 1. But I think I, I think it'll be a close race again between the, the leaders. I think Perez is perhaps a little bit of a, a step back. We saw that on the long run pace uh, yesterday as well. But it's, it's, it was so close between Bottas and Verstappen. Um, but Bottas was, was carrying damage in FP2, as was Hamilton. So I don't think they were particularly happy with their long run pace, uh, either of them. So it, it could go either way. Um, but yeah, the, there's also a second DRS zone. So that might favour the cars that are chasing behind this year. And we'll see what happens. But it was a commanding um, performance from Mercedes last time out. Don't think necessarily that'll be the case um, tomorrow. But equally, maybe when it comes to having all the fuel in the car, that is what the big difference is in these conditions for that team. We'll have to wait till tomorrow to see how it unfolds. But looking at the midfield now, and of course we have to talk about the McLarens, Lando Norris managed to put in a good lap ultimately, which will see him starting P7 tomorrow, whilst Daniel Ricciardo had a really difficult day, not even making it out of Q1. A massive, massive shock. He'll be lining up 16th on the grid. We know that he hasn't quite found his way with the car yet, but this was a particularly disappointing qualifying session. What went wrong for him today? Yeah, I think it's particularly disappointing for him because he felt he was making progress in practice. You know, he said that they they found something in the way he was driving the car and his, in his style, sort of approaching things in the McLaren simulator ahead of the weekend, and that seems to be favouring him, seems to be happier after after practice. But then, yeah, just I get I think a victim of the the unpredictable nature of the conditions. Um, helping others hindering him he said he had a you know a messy final sector definitely looked that way on his final lap uh, equally his uh, he said his first lap was hindered by traffic but then you know there was a a reasonable uh, track evolution factor so i don't think that would necessarily have saved him even if he hadn't had traffic uh, but yeah really really disappointing for ricardo i, I think the key thing again we're going to drive probably going to come on to talk about um George Russell, I think just he he sort of sums up how unpredictable everything was today because he was within a whisker of being knocked out in Q1 and yet very, very nearly yeah. made it through to Q3. So just getting those conditions right and keeping things all together really made a difference. And unfortunately for Ricardo, he was just on the wrong side of it. Very unfortunate for him. But as we said, there were lots there was lots of overtaking last year here. And we know that Daniel Ricardo is exceptional when it comes to overtaking. So hopefully tomorrow he manages to find his way again. Lots of people are talking about how surprised they are with the Alpines. The McLaren drivers themselves have been talking about how shocked they are. They both made it out of Q1, but Esteban Ocon really went all out and managed to pull P6 out of the bag. The team themselves and Esteban Ocon must be surprised by that result. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think um, I think they were hopeful of things being better. I think that Imola was just a particularly tough weekend, particularly Fernando Alonso in those wet conditions and, and things like that. But yeah, you just sort of get this, got the sense of Alpine coming out of testing in the opening races that oh, just the sort of the package wasn't quite right. They spoke about you know the, the, the um, things not being right in the wind tunnel, costing them time, and it was just sort of it felt like a step back rather than a step forward from the team that was, was really in the hunt. 
in the front of the midfield last year. But yeah, I think Ocon's explained, you know, that they've, they've gone into the real little details of how to set up that car. They have got a few changes as well that they evaluated in practice. And I think that, that has obviously worked. doesn't always inform one. We know this, but obviously the team very much happier there. But again, look at the discrepancy. Alonso knocked out in P13, whereas Ocon's up mm-hmm. in P6. I mean, a fantastic performance by Esteban Ocon. That's, that's, that's really, really excellent. And beating, uh, beating Norris and Leclerc, who are two of the stars of the season so far. So yeah, brilliant performance from Ocon. I think I think Norris was was disappointed not to be fourth, and you can see why he's just a fraction behind Sergio Perez. So yeah, just again, it just shows you how tight everything is uh, in that midfield. I really like the fact that now that Alpine have found these improvements, they're just messing up the order of things even more and making it even more unpredictable for us because ultimately that's where the excitement comes. But Ocon will be surrounded tomorrow by the Ferraris and the McLaren of Lando Norris, like you said. Moving on to the Ferraris, so Carlos Sainz outqualified his teammate, finishing P5, which I'm sure he'll be very happy with, while Charles Leclerc finished P8, and he said in an interview afterwards that he wasn't really too happy with his performance today, he said it just wasn't good enough, he's been inconsistent this weekend. We know when it comes to race day, Charles Leclerc always gives it everything. What did you make of Ferrari today? Their tyre choices, the performance, and how you think that will translate into tomorrow? Yeah, I, th- I think first of all, hats off to Carlos Sainz Jr. An excellent job to take uh, to take fifth for Ferrari. I think that's a really, really yeah. good performance. We know how good Leclerc is. That that was really, really strong. And um, coming on to Leclerc, though, it's kind of weird. He was, I think, he put in both the most impressive performance of qualifying and also the most underwhelming, which was in Q2 and Q3, in that he. Got got his Ferrari through Q2 on the mediums, which is which is really, really difficult. We saw Alpha Tauri try to do that at Bahrain. It backfired spectacularly for Sonoda. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, for, for the Mercedes and the Red Bull cars, it's a, it's guaranteed that they're going to progress and start on what is the better tyre. You know, just the, the reason it's not necessarily the fact that, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it, it's much, much faster and much, much more durable compared to the soft because, it, I mean, while it is better, basically starting on the mediums just gives you that bit more flexibility in terms of what strategy you're going to do. So it is, it is the old the sort of the, the optimum way of doing things for the teams and um, but yeah Ferrari have got that with Leclerc he did brilliantly you know I was, I was really impressed because Science tried it as well on the first run went back on the softs got through to Q3 I thought yeah it makes perfect sense Leclerc still on the mediums is the timing screen wrong what am I looking at here because sometimes it's take a while to update or can you know be on the wrong uh, thing initially but no he, he, the camera cut to him and he, he was still on the on the yellow tires so yeah brilliant performance in Q2 and then as you say he just I think he just he you know it's a bit like everybody everybody was a bit inconsistent throughout the whole of uh, practice and qualifying yeah. and I think that that's just what caught him out in Q3 bit unfortunate there um so yeah so he starts eighth disappointing compared to his uh, to his, his previous excellent qualifying attempts which uh, is why uh, I rate him so highly in my driver ratings because his qualifyings have been uh, have been excellent but so yeah kind of a kind of a weird one both brilliant and uh, and poor from Leclerc at the same time that keeps us hopeful for tomorrow when it comes to race day and I'm sure that he will have a strong prompt I don't want to jinx anything but I'm sure that it will unfold well. Now we have to talk about Sebastian Vettel. Yesterday I was saying how much I wanted him to have a good day and here we are today. He's put in an incredible performance in qualifying. I'm very happy with his qualifying results after the tough time that he's had. As I said, he made it into Q3 for the first time since the 2020 British Grand Prix. Aston Martin had said that they brought upgrades this weekend and that they were, they'd brought them sooner than they expected. So only Lance Stroll had them. 
but regardless of that, Vettel managed to just make the car work for him in qualifying today, right? He certainly did. I mean, as I said, he, he sort of doesn't didn't seem to know why he necessarily uh, was um, quicker. He says, um, I mean, at some stage you're going faster and you don't know why. Other stages you go slower and you don't know why. But he, he obviously just hooked it up. Um, you know, I think with those upgrades, I'm pretty sure they're just on Lance Stroll's Aston Martin and he was knocked out in Q1. Yeah. Really underwhelming, really disappointing performance from Stroll there. I mean, we know that package has taken a hit with the, with the low rake and, and things like that. But nevertheless, that's not a car that should be knocked out in Q1. The same with, with the McLaren, of course. But yeah, brilliant for Vettel. He's, he's had a really tough run against the clock. You know, Silverstone, the first Silverstone race in 2020 is a very, very, very long time ago. 16 races. I mean, that's nearly the entire length of the last season, which okay, was a bit shorter because of the pandemic. So nevertheless, very well done to Sebastian Vettel for making it through and um, but still 10th it's not it's not where Aston expected to be like no wonder they're complaining about the rules no. because you know I picked I picked them to retain oh, sorry to move up to P3 in the constructors championship based on how good that car was as racing point last year and yet it it, so it, it has all gone wrong for them because of the the rear floor changes so no wonder they're furious um but yeah br- brilliant for Vettel just Still, still, I guess, not where the team wants to be. Definitely not. I was the same as you. I had really high hopes for Aston Martin this year. But as Codders and I were saying yesterday, maybe it is the case that obviously their car last year was very similar to the Mercedes, but maybe they just don't have that deeper understanding of how the car works and how to actually react when changes like this have come in, which is now completely backfiring on them, whereas obviously Mercedes are well-seasoned uh, in how everything fits together, but maybe Aston Martin just aren't quite there. But in terms of Sebastian Vettel, a lot of people have been saying that, you know, he's been lacking confidence. That might be part of the reason why he's just not doing as well as Lance Stroll. Do you think a qualifying result like this, even though it is only the one, will give him that little boost of confidence and we might see him continuing to improve his performance or am I just getting too carried away? No, no, well, I'm sure I'm sure that's the case. I mean, it's interesting, given Vettel's age, his experience, his results, you know, he's not the sort of driver, I'm sure, that will go, oh, this is, this is exactly what I needed. Um, but at the same time, it's just more time in the seat. So it is exactly what he needed. He needed more laps. Yeah. He needed more races to come in. He needed things maybe to fall his way a little bit with people like Ricardo and, and Alonso being knocked out, you know, things like that. But nevertheless, he still had to do the job and he did it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that it will give him a lift and it will, it will you know, put his mind maybe a bit more at ease. You know, he talked about, you know, in, in testing, if he was younger, he would have panicked, whereas now he wasn't doing it. So he probably knew that, that this was coming. But, uh, but yeah, the, the thing with Vettel is that ever since, you know, when he was leading the title, yeah, title race in 2018 for Ferrari crashed out in Germany you know he he says that that wasn't a turning point but it very very much looks like it was you know he's never had that sort of consistency because he was he's still able to put in excellent performances last year for Ferrari you think about when he finished on the podium in Turkey he was that was absolutely brilliant did need Leclerc to mess up the last few corners to get that podium but nevertheless he was great throughout the race so it's just that consistency that he needs to get back to and 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 maybe this is the start of that you know you know we, we you know we, we we can't just assume that things are going to automatically go bad for any of these drivers so yeah I, you know fair play to him good luck to him and, and and it would be nice to see him getting a, a strong run of run of form and results. Let's talk about George Russell. As we've said, just missed out of Q3. Impressive performance from him today. And also we saw an impressive performance from him yesterday as well. 
Um, P11 in Williams is a real testament to his talent, isn't it? It certainly is. It certainly is. I mean, he was, you know, under a tenth of a second away from making it through to Q3. I think it was Pierre Gasly. So I'm just looking over my notes that I made during the session. Yeah, Pierre Gasly um, qualifies uh, qualifies ninth in Q3. Another good performance from him in the Alpha Tower, which doesn't seem to be quite where it, you know, usually is this weekend. Struggling a little bit with the with the fronts of the apex. But I'm massively off topic We're talking about George Russell. Um, yeah, he, yeah, yeah uh, great, great result in terms of 11th probably tinged with a little bit of disappointment but nevertheless when you're qualifying a Williams um, nearly making your your second career F1 Q3 appearance on the line you've got to be a little bit like ah just just didn't quite come together but yeah as I said before it really showed how things can turn around with the slightest difference with the, the track evolution factor with the wind not going against you or going with you things like that you know Russell nearly didn't make it into Q2 so so P11 is brilliant what I'm really 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 looking forward to is how he goes in the race tomorrow based on on what he said after the session because basically he's come out and said you know we're the fastest uh, in the straight line which they are so he thinks that that will help them at least defend against any potentially faster cars coming back at them in the race and maybe even go on the attack because of course he's still searching for those first points for Williams so yeah really really interesting to see how they go and he just he just generally feels that the race pace is better than the qualifying pace so we'll have to see how that how that pans out for him but it's a great place to be he can pick whatever tires he wants at the start so yeah very excited to see what Russell can do tomorrow I'm excited too and it's clear from last race weekend in Imola that he's got this fire in him where he really really wants those points of course it didn't work out right last time he had the accident certainly didn't but it shows that he's he's no, it shows that he's willing to take the chances and that he's really going after those points. And now that he's in P11, and as you've said, he really feels the car is in a good position. Hopefully, it will translate into some points or at least a really, really strong um, result for him. Now, looking ahead to tomorrow, taking into consideration strategy, wind, all of the, all the other factors at play here. Some of those factors, we're not even entirely sure what they are and nor are the drivers. But what are your thoughts on how things will unfold? Yeah, like I said, I think it'll be a, a one-stop race just because of the, the, the pit lane time is quite lengthy, basically. That's why um, that's why the mm-hmm. teams, if it all runs you know, without any safety cars or virtual safety cars, things like that, you know, it it will it will be a one stopper. Um, but I think I think Verstappen can get amongst the the Mercedes cars, and and equally with Bottas starting on pole, it makes it a much much more interesting Grand Prix. Just 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 on paper, because historically he's weaker than than Hamilton when it comes to the you know the critical time management and keeping things alive. And and we saw that on full display here last year. I mean, it was it was actually a different problem that Bottas was having having uh, last year, and it sort of been a factor in his early results in 2021 as well basically he couldn't keep the heat in his tires in those cold conditions uh, uh last year you know we had the damp and the drizzle as well hamilton was just able to keep his tires alive that bit better uh, sorry not not alive keep his tires that bit hotter and that that was the difference that was why he just he crushed bottas you know he passed him and just romped away to the win so it'll be interesting to see if anything like that happens tomorrow and, and which mercedes driver treats their tires better keeps them alive keeps them hot and what's the difference there equally while well, probably having to defend from a what seems to be quite an angry maybe not angry maybe just sort of frustrated uh, max verstappen with frustrated uh, yeah you know he talked about coming across uh, vettel's aston martin at the end of his flying lap in q3 and sort of suggested maybe that maybe not cost him pole but certainly cost him a huge heap of time so yeah he's probably got something to prove and he, he did do that at Imola I thought there was a really pointed uh, message from his from his race engineer after he won uh, at Imola where, where um, GP says uh, it's not all about the Saturday 
And I thought, oh, maybe he was really annoyed to have missed pole in Imola and, and then use that as fire to come back the next day. So maybe we'll see that as well. But um, but yeah, definitely expecting those three to romp away. It'd be interesting to see if Perez can uh, can hang on with them. Um, but yeah, it it, sh- it should be it should be a pr- pretty interesting race. I mean, that low grip surface. There's always the chance of mistakes. Lots of overtaking. Two DRS zones. It could be a thriller. Equally, it could be really boring. Who knows? Let's hope for the former. There are a lot of drivers that I'm keeping my eye on tomorrow. As we said, a lot of unexpected surprises today in qualifying and hoping, yes. I saw, I just remembered one thing, because I, I mean, I'm annoyed at myself for forgetting it because it was my own question in the press conference. Um, but um, I asked Lewis Hamilton about a problem that he had in the race last year where he was sort of cramping up in the final stages and having to lift mm-hmm. off the oh, straights yeah. and things mm-hmm. like that. I just wondered, you know, whether he, he was thinking about changing his approach because he said, you know, I never drink before the race, I think was the, the reason why last year. So I thought I'd just ask him about that. And, uh, you know, is he expecting that sort of thing to happen again or was it a one-off? And he said, no, no, I'm just in a much uh, better place physically this year. He didn't didn't allude as to what that was. I didn't get a chance to ask a follow-up question. But uh, anyway, that problem at least he's not expecting to reoccur. So anyway, sorry for interrupting, but I just wanted to uh, to, to make a point that I had made a mental note to, to mention in my, uh, my <laughs> ramblings earlier on. Very glad you asked that question. Um, I'm sure he wasn't expecting it either, so glad you did. But that is all for today's episode. Drop me a message at Ariana Bravo F1 and let me know how you think things will unfold tomorrow. And of course, we'll be back with another episode of our extended race coverage. Meanwhile, on Autosport Plus right now, you can read the following articles. Gary Watkins writes about what to expect from sports car racing's bold new hypercar era. Jonathan Noble looks at the biggest headache F1 faces over its sprint race experiments and how the Valencia E-Pre fast left Formula E with an image problem. New subscribers who sign up today can use the promo code PODCAST during checkout to save 50% off their first payment. Go to autosport.com forward slash plus and click sign in at the top of the page and then use promo code PODCAST for that 50% discount. Thank you once again for listening. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Sports Social Podcast Network.